Hey everybody, welcome to Therapy for Humans, the podcast where if you're not careful, you might just pick up some tips on how to survive as a more or less psychologically intact human in the modern world. My name is Rowan, and I'll be your host. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Episode 32, Therapy for Humans. It's spring. It's the end of April. Man, got baby chickens, got some bees coming. Birds and the bees. Hmm. Interesting. So, on that note, let's talk about some couples shit today. So, here's a thing that pops up a lot in couples work. One partner found someone else, who was not their partner, attractive in some way. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. You don't love me. You don't want me. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too ugly. My baby's ruined my vagina. You hate my dad bod. You think my dick is small. You want to have an affair. And on and on and on. And I mean, this can happen over the smallest of comments. And it's just really not necessary. I mean, even a comment about someone on the television or someone walking down the street. So let me be clear about a couple of things. First of all, I'm not talking about inappropriate, incessant comments or outright ogling of strangers. I'm talking about innocent, off-the-cuff noticing of someone else's attractiveness. It can even be baited by one partner. Here's the scene. Maybe it sounds familiar to you. The two of them are sitting on the couch, watching some random show, and one of them turns to the other and says, Do you think that they're attractive? Now, first of all, this is a total setup. Do not ever answer this question. But, given that 90% of everyone cast in most TV shows and movies is way above average attractiveness, then... Yeah, the honest answer here is probably, of course they're attractive. But sometimes this can lead the partner who asked the question in the first place to absolutely lose their fucking minds. So, how about we don't do that? I have a secret to tell you. It might be disturbing, so if you're driving, or holding a baby, or a loaded firearm, or both, please take whatever precautions you deem necessary. Okay. Are you ready? Here it is. Your partner will always see someone they think is hot that is not you at some point. And maybe, maybe even likely, every goddamn day. So deal with it. We are surrounded by beauty. Personally, I don't think that's a problem. I think it's an amazing thing. The noticing and even the commenting on another's attractiveness does not equal that they don't love you or that they want to fuck somebody else or that they are on their way out the door. It means that they are alive. We are all hardwired for new and different. It's biological, man. It just is. But it doesn't mean we act on it. And pretending that attraction to others doesn't happen is a recipe for disaster. Again, though, I want to be very clear. There's icky, objectifying ways to look at other people, and there are respectful and subtle ways to look at other people. There is a point where endless comments about other people's attractiveness is disrespectful and hurtful to your partner. So we all know that guy, and yes, it's usually a guy who is constantly commenting about every woman they see, and yes, it's usually women they're commenting on. That's not what I'm talking about. Ideally, it's not a one-sided thing. Ideally, you can both comment on a nice ass on occasion and your partner will check it out too and you can have a nice little moment together around that stranger's ass and then go on with your day. No hurt feelings, no jealousy, just an appreciation of a nice ass or a forearm or a calf 
beautiful eyes, great hair, whatever the fuck it is. It's human variation and it's beautiful and it's not about you. Let me say that again. Someone else's attractive qualities do not diminish your own. That's like having $5 in your pocket and walking by someone with a $10 bill in their hand and thinking that now you only have $325 because you saw that 10 spot in their hand. It's stupid and it's irrational and it can ruin your relationship. So just stop. Your partner finds you attractive. It's likely the reason they started talking to you to begin with. Have you changed since then? Probably, but so have they. Trust in the thing that you have built together. If you get pissed at your partner for finding some random movie star attractive, then you have serious issues and I would urge you to find someone to talk to about that. If your partner comments on the server or their host every single time you go out to eat, if they rubberneck every time an attractive person walks by them on the street, if they make inappropriate comments to your friends and family members about how hot they are, then leave them. They suck. Otherwise, try enjoying the plethora of attractive people we're all surrounded by all the time and don't take it as a statement on your own looks. Okay, so that was a big, huge fucking rant. I'm over that. Oh, let's move on. <laughs> so another couple's issue that run in, I run into a lot. I have, I think, three or four people on my caseload currently that are dealing with this. Um, is where one person is on the autism spectrum and the other person is not. Sometimes the diagnosis is known when they start with me and other times it becomes clear as we move along. <clears throat> but either way, it often leaves a partner who is not on the spectrum feeling unloved or disregarded or in some way dismissed by their partner. Often people on the spectrum have trouble providing the very things that we pair up with romantic partners for in the first place. They can seem to lack empathy. They don't show interest in the details of their partner's life. Their lovemaking can feel robotic. In general, their partners can feel like they are not in it with them, but rather the two of them are just kind of going through the motions of a relationship without the emotional content that they feel is supposed to be there. So let me try to clear up a few misconceptions first. First, many people on the spectrum do experience empathy, sometimes to a very intense degree, but they get jammed up when they try to express it. So I think, I'm not sure where this started, where it's like people on the spectrum don't have empathy. That's like sociopaths. They don't have empathy. People on the spectrum have empathy. I can't count the number of stories that I've heard where the partner who's not on the spectrum is in tears and they're telling me about their partner just standing there or staring at them or saying something random and walking away or even asking them if they're okay when it's clear that they're not okay. So in these moments, the partner who is on the spectrum is not being an asshole and it's not that they're not feeling anything towards you. They just don't know how to help or they're afraid to do the wrong thing. It's pretty common for neurodivergent folks, look at me, I use that big word, to have experienced a lot of negative reactions from others when they do or say the quote unquote wrong thing. So the default in those moments ends up being, okay, I'm not going to do anything or say much of anything when I'm around people who are upset because I never seem to get it right. So this, of course, leads to more negative feedback about not doing enough when someone is visibly upset. I often hear from the spouses of these folks, how hard is it to just give me a hug when I'm crying? Well, it turns out that it can be very hard because there can be a lot of uncertainty around what's needed in a moment of high emotional response. There are more options than you may think. Just because you are clear about what you need, that doesn't mean that your partner is clear about what you need. And this is not just about people on the spectrum. It often is something that trips us up where 
our partner is in some sort of a state and they want something from us, but they're not telling us what they need and then we don't do the thing and then they get mad, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, back to the situation at hand. Choosing the right thing to do can be very difficult. So as an example, think about a time when you were with or around someone that you didn't know well, or maybe you didn't know them at all, and they were having some sort of intense and emotional reaction in your presence. Chances are it felt awkward to you. You weren't really sure what to do because you didn't know that person very well. Is it okay to touch them? Should you call someone for them? Should you ask about what the issue is or would that upset them further? It's scary. It's confusing. So that feeling, that's similar to what some folks on the spectrum experience, even when they know someone really well, even when it's their partner of many, many years. And it's not that they don't care. It's that they get derailed by that uncertainty and they don't want to cause any further distress. So what can the partner of someone who is on the spectrum do to get more of their emotional needs met? One thing that often helps is to be more proactive with communicating what they need. If you need a hug, you may need to go put your arms around your partner. If you need some support around something that is sad or scary for you, you may need to tell your partner what you are feeling and what you need from them and or what you do not need from them. I know this seems like a lot of work and you probably feel like you shouldn't have to ask for these things that your partner should just know, but sometimes they don't know. And if you want to stay in this relationship and get your needs met, then this is the way it may look sometimes. We all make compromises in long-term relationships. Some of them are small, some of them are big. This might be one of the big ones. Often, if the couple has not considered the possibility that one of them is on the spectrum, this conversation can go a long way towards letting go of the idea that they are just not cared for or that their partner is an insensitive jerk. One client, the partner of someone on the spectrum, said to me the other day, the mountain is a lot higher for them than I thought. I see now how hard they're really trying. And that kind of sums up the benefit of a, a diagnosis like this because it can shed light on some behaviors that maybe you were making assumptions about in the past um, that are actually out of your partner's control. I also want to be clear that ASD, autism spectrum disorder, is not a license to be an asshole, but it can help to shed some light on these behaviors that feel hurtful to the other party. It can also help their partners to take those actions that feel hurtful or dismissive less personally, which is a huge thing. If you've been living with somebody for years or even decades, and you've been carrying around this idea that they don't care for you as much as you care for them, all of a sudden this light bulb goes on. It can be a pretty profound thing. In general, those of you who have worked with me know that I'm not a huge fan of diagnostic labels, but they do have their place. And this is one of those situations where sometimes it can be a helpful thing to just have this knowledge. Doesn't mean you need to get a t-shirt made. You don't have to wear a baseball hat saying I'm on the spectrum or my partner's on the spectrum. It's just a little piece of information for the two of you to help you move down the road together. Okay, that's going to do it for me today. I hope you're all doing well. I hope that you're enjoying the springtime. And if you have something you'd like to hear me go on and on about on the podcast here, just get in touch. You can email me at rowan at therapyforhumanspodcast.com or at rowan at durangopsychotherapy.com. You can text me or give me a call at 970-903-3893. And until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Bye.